the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WHK Cleveland. The following program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were given to the average American, the rich would have their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a really great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once it's in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAleese, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So let's supercharge your wealth building plan now with Jim McAleese. Welcome to Get Rich Slow. This is your money school for financial winners. Here we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans, plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Slow gives you solid financial strategies, strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype. Please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Slow. I'm Jim McAleese, Certified Financial Planner and President of Cornerstone Consultancy Incorporated, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of FINRA and CIPIC. Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, good morning. I hope you're enjoying your summer it's summertime, and it does get hot in most places. Well, what else is new? Every time I want to complain about the heat and the humidity, I hear more stories about astronomical temperatures in Texas or Florida or southern United States, and even in Europe this year. I get quiet, and I find something to do in the air conditioning. <laughs> As time passes... We have, we have the excitement of thunderstorms, hail, sheets of rain, but we're also used to that, in, uh, used to that weather in Northeast Ohio. We've lived through it all our lives. The periodic showers and the thunderstorms have been great for our gardens and for the farmers' crops. And enough of, of my complaining. It's been a wonderful summer so far. 
It's great to be outside, and it's great to get things done outside when we can. And it's great to be able to travel again after being cooped up with the COVID. I thought I had the great adventure uh, going to San Diego three weeks ago. But when I talked to my clients, they've been traveling all over the United States and Europe, in some part in Canada and everywhere. I know exactly whom I should talk to about visiting any place in the United States or Europe and river tours and everything else. My clients have been there, done that, and there, there are fountains of inspiration. <laughs> and, and this weekend, uh, after we finish our jobs and relax, we can review what's happening in the economy and how it might affect our investments and our plans. The stock market over the past six weeks has gone from bearish to bullish. Investors are becoming more confident in the stock market as well as in the economy. In the stock market, stocks are quietly moving higher. The Standard and Poor uh, 500 daily swings have been coming more reasonably smaller. Uh, the fear gauge called the VIX, which is uh, on the Chicago Board of Exchange Volatility Index, is now below 20. That's because the Investors are more interested in buying calls than in puts. When investors are fearful, they buy puts uh, to protect their uh, for downside protection, and basically that causes the VIX to move up. The VIX was about 80 uh, after the COVID hit in February and March of 2020. I think the last numbers I saw for this week were about 13. So. It's gone way down and indicates that the fear gauge is way, you know, there's, we're, we're into the bullish times now, not idea-wise. Anyhow, what the market does, on the other hand, uh, can be surprising. Americans are also growing more confident about the economy. Uh, consumer sentiment, as measured by the University of Michigan survey, jumped to 726 in July from 64.4 the previous month. That's the highest reading since uh, September of 2021 and the biggest increase since uh, uh, 2005. Now, uh, the stock stock rally is filling out beyond the high-tech companies. According to the Wall Street Journal, more than 140 shares of the uh, Standard and Poor 500, more than 140 stocks in the Standard and Poor 500 index have hit fresh uh, 52-week highs uh, since the end of May. Uh, all 11 sectors of the Standard and Poor have climbed during that period and pushing the index uh, up higher than 15% for the year. Uh, just a couple of months ago, the seven largest tech companies in the United States were responsible for virtually all of the stock market's uh, uh, 2023 gains. Uh, eye-popping returns from shares like Apple and Microsoft, uh, NVIDIA, propelled the Standard & Poor 500 into a new bull market. And in the spring, um, a frenzy around developments in artificial intelligence, 
pushed the big tech stocks even higher, and the market value of the Magnificent Seven, uh, the Alphabet, Amazon.com, uh, Apple, uh, Meta uh, platforms, Microsoft, Nvidia, and uh, Tesla. But now investors are becoming more confident as inflation has begun easing down uh, from an annual pace of 9.1% in June a year ago to 3.0% in the latest uh, consumer pricing index uh, inflation numbers. And that was for the June numbers. So basically, you know, the consumer has, has put up with inflation for a long period of time. He's been burdened with inflation now for two and a half years. Uh, if you look back over it, it, it seems like forever, but inflation was first noticed in uh, March of 2021 when it rose to 3%, and then it continued rising that year uh, to 5% by Labor Day. And by Christmas of 2021, uh, it was up to 7%. At that particular time, the Federal Reserve uh, developed their plan uh, to slow the economy uh, down and reduce the demand. Uh, and they were they proposed to do that by increasing the interest rates and uh, uh, crushing the uh, demand. And uh, they started to implement that plan in March of 2022. And if you recall, the uh, the uh, uh, the stock market and the bond market uh, started to go down uh, this at the start of 2022. Uh, but even <clears throat> even as the uh, Federal Reserve increased the interest rates, the interest rates, uh, the inflation got up to 9.1 percent in June of 2020. In 22, and uh, but the the increase in the interest rates has been doing the job of controlling uh, bringing down inflation. The added breadth of the market is making uh, investors more comfortable. Uh, Wall Street often views improving breadth as a measure of health in the stock market, and an omen that the rally could last. It has given uh, more investors confidence to go back to stocks, and despite lingering concerns about slowing corporate profits, the potential for a recession, uh, they keep talking about a recession, but it appears to be nothing more than a boogeyman. Uh, they keep talking about a baby in 2024, and the Federal Reserve's ongoing campaign to tame inflation through interest rates increases uh, seems to be working. Uh, the Federal Reserve appears to be determined to raise interest rates maybe two more times before the end of the year, and uh, in, in investors expect a one-quarter percent raise at the next Federal Open Market Committee meeting. That's uh, next Tuesday and Wednesday. And uh, that they may not do that. A month ago, it was almost guaranteed that they would do that and make that increase. But if you take a look at uh, the latest inflation number of three three point zero percent that came out for June, uh, 
that that should uh, cause some pause at the uh, Federal Reserve because uh, if you keep pushing these rates up, uh, uh, sometimes sooner or later you're going to cause a problem. And uh, well, we'll see what happens next uh, Wednesday when they announce the results of their meeting. Uh, behind the renewed optimism in stock is a growing hope in a soft landing for the economy. Basically, a soft landing is a scenario where the Fed gets inflation under control without triggering a recession. The latest data on consumer prices shows inflation eased in June to its lowest level since early 2021. Uh, Hiring has slowed in June, which in the the, uh, far as the Federal Reserve is concerned, that's a good sign. Uh, hiring came down to 209,000 uh, payroll increase in June, and the, but the unemployment still remains historically low. Uh, the U.S. economy is still growing, uh, according to the recent estimates, but not as fast as before. In some market participants, they believe that stocks have more room to to run as investors with money on the sideline develop a a fear of missing out and chase the rally itself. So, uh, and another another thing we'll talk about uh, in the show today is the uh, the uh, existing home sales. Or the existing home sales are coming down. Uh, they're, they're, they've uh, uh, dropped three point three percent in June. Uh, to a seasonably adjusted annual rate of 4.16 million, and uh, and if you take a look at uh, what the increase in the interest rates have done, uh, sales are down 18.9 percent from a year ago, and uh, the uh, basically what what's happened is that the three percent mortgage money has now been replaced by the seven percent. Uh, mortgage money, and uh, uh, the prices of the houses, the median existing home sale prices are now up to $410,200. So, and uh, uh, that is that is set, setting, it hasn't set a new record yet, but it's close to setting a record, and we'll get into the details of that, even, even in those circumstances. Uh, there aren't a lot of uh, existing homes for sale because if you take a look at the inventory of unsold houses, it's only about three months of uh, sales. So that should be more like five or six months. But uh, that's that's basically what is helping uh, new home construction. And we'll talk about that later in the show today, too. So uh, this week, global equities were mixed for a variety of reasons. In the U.S., two of the three major stock indices were up. The Dow Jones Industrial Average and the Standard & Poor 500 were up for the week, but the NASDAQ Composite was down. Uh, While in the U.K., the FTSE 100 was up for the week, and in the European Union, Germany's DAX and the stock Europe 600 were both up for the week. And in Asia, things were different. 
In Japan, the Nikkei 225 was down for the week, while in China, both the Shanghai Composite and Hong Kong Hang Seng were both down for the week. On Friday, the three major U.S. Uh, uh, stock indices closed the week at the Dow Jones Industrial Average closed at 35,227.69, and that was up 2.08% for the week. The Standard and Poor 500 closed at 4,536.34, and that was up uh, 0.69% for the week. And the NASDAQ composite uh, closed at uh, 14,000. 32.81, and that was down uh, 0.57% uh, percent, uh, for the week. So uh, the, the stock market is uh, looks bullish right now, but it looks like it's, it's, it's uh, run for a certain period of time, and now it's taking some time to relax here. So we'll see what happens next week. In terms of uh, what's happening in the stock market, the bond market, and all investments, you know, that's the micro uh, picture of the the stock markets and our investments and things of this nature. But the most important part of our investments is our uh, financial plan, our personal financial plan, or our family financial plan where we basically have um, taken into account what we want to do in life. We have our goals. Uh, We've identified those goals, and we've identified the uh, things like, uh, you know, uh, getting married and raising a family, educating the kids, and uh, having a standard of living for the family, then having a enough for retirement. So uh, we can put down our goals and uh, put down a dollar amount and a time uh, by which we're to time in the future where we're going to need that money. And then the financial plan is basically how are we going to uh, conduct our savings plans to siphon off the income in terms of jobs and and uh, other investments, how are we going to part, put that money away? Where are we going to put it? Uh, what type of returns do we have to get on this money? And keeping track of our investments to make sure that they're performing so that we can achieve our goals. So uh, that's basically, you know, our part of the uh, our financial plan, which is what we have to pay attention to. And uh, it's a plan that'll last, you know, it'll last uh, your entire life. You might make modifications to it. You might want to say, uh, I uh, want another house, uh, I want a summer, I want a vacation home, or I want a boat, or I want uh, a uh, uh, better colleges for my youngsters and stuff like that. But uh, it is your plan, and you can modify it, but it also gives you a, a roadmap by which you can make financial decisions 
in trade-offs in terms of if you want a uh, a uh, vacation home, what are you willing to give up in your present plan to get that? Are you willing to take on too much risk uh, to do things, things of this nature? So that's an important part of um, putting that financial plan together and uh, making sure that you've covered all the uh, important parts of the financial plan and and, and uh, still kept enough protection in terms of insurances and things of that nature to cover the uh, cover life basically as life happens. You know, you've got to have enough uh, liability insurance and things of this nature to, to uh, cover the cars and the possible accidents around the home. And, Things of this nature, as well as uh, life insurance, to uh, cover unknowns and, and surprises with regard to uh, life and death uh, in the family. So, all those things are a part of the financial plan. All those things are important parts. You, know, you have to devote your time to putting that plan together, and. Uh, uh, making sure that it works and staying on top of it. So uh, this is uh, Jim McAleese. Uh You're listening to Get uh, Slow. You can give us a call on our toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. That's 1-888-281-1110. Now stay tuned. We'll be right back in a minute. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. Uh, this is uh, Jim McAleese, your host this morning. You know, one of the things that uh, we look at in terms of the economy and uh, how that could possibly affect our investments is the uh, basically home sales, real estate. Uh, and basically what you do is, is uh, uh, look at what's happening and uh, Real estate, and uh, one of the biggest things in in, in uh, homes and, and uh, condos and things of this nature has been the increase in the interest rates. You know, ever since they began to, the uh, Federal Reserve began to increase the interest rates, uh, you know, that three percent mortgage money went away, and now we have this uh, something closing on seven. Seven uh, percent. So, uh, according to the National Association of Realtors, existing home sales in June, which basically uh, are completed transactions uh, that include uh, single-family homes, townhouses, condominiums, uh, the completed transactions receded uh, three point three percent from uh, May to June. In June or May, and uh, that's a seasonably adjusted annual rate of uh, 4.16 million uh, 
houses sold per year. Uh, but year over year, uh, from one from June to June, uh, sales fell close to 19%, actually 18.9%. And uh, uh, the uh, completed uh, transactions uh, refer to closings, and they're not merely acceptances of offers subject to financing and, and inspection, but they're actually uh, not times when money changes hands. So the offer, the, uh, offer and acceptance uh, were probably done at least a month earlier. And uh, so maybe sometime in April or May. Now, according to the National Association of Realtors, chief economist, quote, the first half of the, the year was a downer for sure, with sales lower by 23%. Uh, it continues, fewer Americans were on the move, despite the usual life-changing circumstances. The pent-up demand will surely be realized soon, especially if mortgage rates and inventory move favorably, unquote. So a... Uh, uh, a Persistent home sales problem has been uh, has limited the number of homes for sale. And if you take a look at uh, uh, total housing inventory registered at the end of June uh, was identical to May, but down 13.1 percent, 13.6 percent from one year ago. And the unsold inventory inventory sits at 3.1 months supply. At the current sales price, sales pace, that's up from three months in May and 2.9 months in June. And the, the uh, chief economist, Lawrence Young, observed there are simply not enough homes for sale. The market could easily absorb a doubling of the inventory. And uh, uh, along with this, home prices are increasing again. The median existing home price. For all housing types in June was four hundred and ten thousand two hundred, and this that's the second highest price of all time, and is down nine tenths of one percent from the record high of uh, four hundred and thirteen thousand eight hundred in June of uh, two thousand and twenty-two, basically a year ago. Uh, the monthly median price. Uh, surpasses $400,000 for the third time joining uh, uh, June of 2022 and May of 2022. When it, uh, in May of 2022, the median uh, sales price was $408,600. And uh, prices rose in the Northeast and the Midwest, but they uh, waned in the South and in the West. There, the again, the, the Lawrence Young noted that, quote, home sales fell, but home prices had held firm in most parts of the country. Uh, the national median home price in June was slightly less than the record high of nearly 414000 in June of last year, and uh, limited supply is still leading to multiple offer situations with one-third of the homes getting sold 
above the list price in the last month. And uh, so basically it's a, a market with uh, not a lot of homes for sale and the prices are way up there. And uh, and basically homes are selling quickly. Uh, properties typically remain on the market for 18 days in June. That was identical to May's number, uh, but it was up from 14 days in in June of the last year. And if we look at it, you see that 76% of the homes sold in June were on the market for less than a month. So, and but uh, we see that first-time home buyers are still in the market. They're responsible for 27% of the sales in June, down from 28% in May. And uh, and of course, the higher mortgage interest rates, according to Fannie and Freddie, the 30-year fixed-rate mortgage uh, averaged 6.96% as of July 13th, and that's up from 6.8% the previous week and up from 5.51% a year ago. Uh, if we now we focus on single-family homes, uh, single-family home sales decreased in June and are down 3.4%. Uh, from uh, May and uh, 18.8% from the previous year. So the median existing single-family home price was $416,000 in June, and that was down 1.2% from June of 2022. And they see condominiums in June were down uh, 2.2% from May and 20% from one year ago. And the median existing condo price was $361,600. Now, if we take a look at the uh, uh, home sales for the four regions of the country, the Northeast, the Midwest, the South, and the West, existing uh, home sales uh, in the Midwest were unchanged from one month ago in uh, June, and but they've slumped 19.5% from one year ago. These are sales, not prices. The median price in the Midwest was $311,800, up 2.1% from June a year ago. And uh, in other parts of the U.S., in the Northeast, sales were up uh, 2% in June uh, for versus May. Sales for, uh, compared to a year ago were down 21.5%, and the median price was $475,000. And the change in the median price was an increase of 4.9% over the past year. In the uh, South, uh, the sales in June were down 5.4%, and uh, the sales uh, compared to a year ago were down 16.2%, and the median price was also down 1.2% at $366,600. And in the West, the uh, sales in June were down 5%, and sales from a year ago were down 22 
The median price in the West is $606,500, and that median price is down uh, 3.4%, basically, from a year earlier. So, basically, in the uh, existing home price, it's a tight uh, tight market. Prices are going up. Availability of of, uh, existing homes uh, for sale is limited, and it, basically one of the limiting things is that uh, anybody who had a mortgage when rates were 3%, interest rates were 3%, refinanced it, and now they're very reluctant to um, change homes or buy another home at uh, 7% interest. They don't want to give up that 3% interest. So this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Uh, you can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. Now stay tuned. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week, we take calls from people just like you who have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes, however, Jim can't answer all your questions because of time restraints and the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstones Consultants, Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, finding your next home, planning for retirement, finding the right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow with Jim Magalies. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. We were waiting for that song to try to get into the vocal, but we almost made it. <laughs> if, if you take a look at what we've been talking about with regard to existing home sales, you know, the, the existing home sales have really taken a hit uh, from the, you know, increase in the interest rates. And the interest rates were down to close to 3%. In fact, I think they were down to 2.7%. That's the lowest they got. Uh, the sales, uh, considering the sales that were made then versus now, uh, the, the sales base now is down uh, basically close to 20% uh, from it, what it was when the interest rates were low. So that, that gives you an idea of what the uh, 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 what those increase in interest rates are doing to the housing market. Uh, we also see that the home prices are way up there, too. In other words, if we look at uh, uh, 
uh, we just look at this year. Uh, uh, median home prices in January uh, were 359000 and then you see 375000 388000 and now we're standing at 410000 So uh, basically what you're seeing is the home prices are going up and up and up. Um, and uh, not not dramatically, like they really, at one time they were going up seven or eight percent in uh, a year, and now we're now we're moving up at a, a slower pace. In fact, I think in some cases it was like moving up seven or eight percent in a month. Uh, now we're moving up a we're kind of stabilized it, uh, but it's still a very high number at $410,000. I remember the first house I bought was a lot cheaper cheaper than that. So that's uh, something to to hang your hat on. So, and what's happened in the the, uh, home sales is that the people, there's a about three months supply of homes for sale. Uh, you know, comparing the uh, pace that they're selling to the amount of homes that they have to sell. So there's there's three months of supply, which should be more like five or six months of supply. Uh, and what that's doing is uh, 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 causing. Uh, uh, the prices to go up, and it's also causing uh, a benefit for the uh, new home construction. So, uh, what we're seeing is that uh, if people have to live somewhere, and uh, if they can't find the existing homes, uh, then they move on to hey, what have we got? The new home sales. So, if we take a look at new home construction, uh, new home construction had been had been slowing. Uh, since the mortgage rates uh, uh, increased, you know, and the, the mortgage rates were at approximately 2.7 percent early in 2021, and uh, now they're close to 7 uh, percent uh, this month. So, uh, what we're seeing is that uh, this increase in the mortgage rates, everybody kind of rolled off. Uh, new home construction, and uh, in uh, the uh, U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, they keep track of new home construction in a monthly new residential construction report, and the latest one came out a few days ago for June, and the data for June shows that the starts and the building permits uh, decreased with the starts uh, uh, down eight uh, percent month over month, and the permits down three point seven percent month over month. So the demand for new home construction is being driven by the lack of existing homes for sale. And according to the latest number uh, from the uh, National Association of Realtors, they've got about uh, three months of supply. Uh, of existing homes for sale, and uh, but homeowners who have a mortgage or 
you know, had a mortgage when it was uh, 3%. They refinanced it, so now they're, they're very reluctant to give up that 3% mortgage if they want another house and dive into a 7%. So that's the reason why you're you're not seeing uh, enough homes for sale or a, a, a much reduced number of homes for sale. And to get a good picture of the home construction market, let's look at single family and multifamily. And uh, taking a look at June of uh, uh, June of uh, this month versus May of the, uh, uh, June of this year versus May of this year, you see that the uh, starts for single family homes were down seven percent. Uh, for multifamily homes were down. 11.6%, and if you add them all together, the total uh, starts is down uh, 8%. And uh, if you take a look at the permits, uh, what you see in the t- case of the permits is single-family permits were up 2.2%, and we'll show you what that amounts to in a minute. Uh, multifamily are down 13.5%, and the total permits are down about 3.7%. And what we see is that both single and multifamily homes are in demand, but there is more demand for the multifamily homes because of the affordability issues. Uh, the affordability problem in new housing is hey, increased prices, increased mortgage interest rates, uh, the switch from uh, single to, to multifamily. Uh, home construction started in 2022 and it's been continued in uh, 2023. And the impact shows up in the year-over-year comparison. If we compare uh, June of this year uh, to June of uh, last year, what we see is the starts uh, in single-family uh, were down 7.4%. And the starts in multifamily were down 11.2%. And the total for both of them, combining them, was down 8.1%. Uh, the permits uh, follow uh, a picture where we do see differences. Uh, for instance, like a single-family home, the permits for single-family home were down 2.7% for the in this month versus a year ago, multifamily were down 33.1%. I don't, I can't explain what, what happened there. And the total for both of them was down 15.3%. So what we're seeing is that uh, uh, year to date, uh, what we're seeing in year to date is that uh, the starts, this is uh, January to, to June of 2023 versus January to June for 2022. Uh, single family uh, starts were down 24.3%. Uh, multifamily, uh, the starts were up 4.6%. And if you take a look at the permits, uh, single family permits were down 21.5%. Multifamily permits were down 16.6, which basically uh, tells us that uh, uh, 
the multifamily is increasing faster than the uh, the single family, and or the, they'll call it decreasing less. If we talk about the actual housing units rather than the uh, percentages, uh, we look at uh, in uh, t- 2022 uh, year to date. We had 570,100 uh, starts, and in the same time, uh, in two th- oh, that was 2022. In 2023, the comparable number would be 449,700. So the difference is basically 21.1% uh, lower, and uh, it gives you an idea that, uh, hey, the, the housing industry took a big hit uh, when the interest rates increased, but the thing that's been saving them so far is uh, there was a silver lining in the sense that uh, uh, there is a, a demand for new family, for new homes, new construction is still there because of the lack of existing homes for sale. So, uh, this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Flow. Uh, you can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. The heart is a blue. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. Uh, one of the things that uh, people feel confident about is the economy itself. And basically, if you look at what's happened to the economy, uh, we just went over home construction, the, the plan that the Federal Reserve had to conquer inflation was to slow the economy down and reduce the demand. And uh, it's worked so far. Uh, The only part that uh, uh, hasn't uh, slowed down has been in the service sectors that are associated with uh, uh, travel, vacations, and uh, uh, theaters, and, and dining out, and Things of this nature. So uh, the Federal Reserve had been concerned about that. That was a that that showed that the the labor market was still strong. Uh, certain parts of the labor market, like in in the manufacturing, that had slowed down. Home construction slowed down. A lot of most of the economy has slowed down except for this uh, uh, service sector that is doing with the vacations and dining out and things of this nature. So, uh, but I think the Federal Reserve has, has come to the conclusion that the people have to get that out of their system because <clears throat> if, you're, if you talk to people, everybody is going somewhere uh, for vacations and uh, 
what you're seeing is that uh, uh, sooner or later, uh, somebody's going to ask, you know, have you seen the bills for this? And, uh, you know, the people are basically enjoying life right now because they couldn't enjoy it during the COVID years. And now, hey, now we're free again. So uh, sooner or later, we're going to say, hey, this, we, we've racked up some real bills here. And uh, you're going to start to see a tightening of the the budget again, the actual individual budgets. And uh, so people will uh, get over this, and uh, that part of the economy will also slow down. And all of this is is bringing inflation down with it. You know, we've gone from 9.1% inflation a year ago to 3% inflation today. And uh, or last month, <clears throat> I think next uh, next week or the, the following week, I'm not quite sure which one, we'll get another um, personal consumption expenditure measure of inflation. Hopefully that'll be down too. So all of these are bringing down inflation. And then <clears throat> the only concern really is, okay, uh, uh, how far do we move? We want to keep raising these interest rates because sooner or later you're going to break something if you get these interest rates too high. And uh, so what we're seeing is the plan has worked so far. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, the workers, the consumers, uh, people are reasonably happy. Uh, you know, when inflation was 9.1% and you were getting raises of 3%, uh, you knew that you, you were falling behind fast. Uh, but now with inflation at 3% and raises at approximately 3% per year, uh, it's bearable. And uh, so we're finally closing in on the end. Where the, the And I think that's part of the the uh, optimism that people are seeing that, hey, things are, consumption-wise, things are, are good. Uh, Labor-wise, things are good. Uh, Inflation-wise, things are getting better. Um, and you can see you can see the slowdowns in different parts of the uh, economy. For instance, the Industrial Production and Capacity Utilization Report, that's put out by the Federal Reserve. And uh, and basically, what that shows is industrial production decreased uh, one half of one uh, percent in June from uh, for, from May, <clears throat> and uh, and that's after May's industrial production was down a half a percent from April. So the trend is going downward, but it's not falling through the floor. Uh, in June, industrial production was down four-tenths of a percent from June a year earlier. So <clears throat> the the direction is right. The the, the motion, of the, the change is fairly small. And uh, what the industrial uh, production measures is mostly manufacturing. That's about 75% of the number. It also includes uh, mining. It also includes utilities, and uh, according to what they they presented, manufacturing decreased three tenths of a percent in June, and the, and is down three tenths of a percent 
from June a year ago. Uh, durable goods manufacturing was down one tenth of a percent uh, in June, and basically up uh, eight tenths of a percent from a year ago. And where you see it is in the big numbers are uh, aerospace uh, uh, increased 1.6% per month, increased 2.5% per year. Computers and electronic products increased 1.3% uh, month to month and two tenths of a percent year over year. And if you take a look at the non durable goods, uh, non durable goods were down. Uh, six tenths of a percent from in June from May and down 1.4 percent uh, from uh, June a year ago. And, what, and where you saw it was the chemicals, uh, chemical production, uh, the increased eight tenths of a percent in June from May and 1.8 percent from June a year ago. Plastics went down eight-tenths of a percent in uh, in June and down 5% uh, compared to a year ago. Food and beverages went down 1.3% in June from May and down 2.3% from a year ago. And then if you take a look at mining, uh, mining was down uh, two-tenths of a percent in June and up. 2.8% from a year ago, and utilities were down 2.6% uh, in June for May, and down 6.2% uh, compared to a year ago. So basically what you're seeing is that uh, things are slowing down in the economy, but there's no, uh, things aren't falling off a cliff in any way, shape, or form. They're just slowing down. And while the Federal Reserve, and, and along with this uh, uh, industrial production, each one of the uh, Federal Reserve banks puts out a, 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 a idea of where their uh, uh, where their particular sector is. And one of them is the Philadelphia Manufacturing Business Outlook. Uh, for July, and that basically shows that manufacturing along the east uh, coast, uh, for example, the Philadelphia Fed Reserve Bank publishes their Philadelphia Manufacturing Business Outlook, and it shows that manufacturing activity in the regions continues to decline overall, according to the firms responding to the survey. Uh, new orders remain negative. Index for shipments declined, and the employment index suggests mostly steady employment overall. The prices paid index remain below its long run average. So, all in all, it's an economy that's slowing down. Inflation is slowing down, and the stock market is starting to come alive. So we'll see it come alive in fits and starts and. And uh, uh, what happens, we'll just keep track of it. Uh, this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Dead Rich Flow. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back.
Welcome back. We know that life is hectic with so many demands and challenges, but also remember, life is beautiful. Always believe that something wonderful is going to happen, even with all of the life's ups and downs. We must never take a day for granted. We must never give up on ourselves. No matter what you're going through, you have to believe in yourself. You have to honor your work. You have to know your value and respect your truth. And always remember who you truly are. Because it really doesn't matter how slowly you go, as long as you do not stop. Just do and be the best that you can be. Last week I read a, a few little points, and I thought as I read them, uh, here's, the, here's the things that I read. Once all the villagers decided to pray for rain. On the day of prayer, all the people gathered, but only one boy came with an umbrella. That is faith. Another one is, when you throw babies in the air, they laugh because they know that you'll catch them. That's trust. Another one is, every night we go to bed without any assurance of being alive in the next morning. But still, we set the alarm to wake up. That's hope. Another one is, we plan big things for tomorrow in spite of zero knowledge of the future. That's confidence. We see the world suffering, but still, we get married and we have children and we go on through life. That's love. And lastly, on an old man's shirt was written a sentence. In a sentence went like this. I am not 80 years old. I am sweet 16 with 64 years of experience. As I read it, I thought how ordinary happenings take on more meaning when you actually think about them. So what you do is smile, cherish the little things in life, and may you always find some faith, hope, confidence, and love in your life. And until we meet again next week, may God protect you and keep you safe. You've been listening to Get Rich of Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. Located at 47149 Bursley Road, Wellington, Ohio, 44090, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and SIPC. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc. The materials Jim shares is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of James McAleese and Cornerstone's Consultants, Inc., and not those of Next Financial Group, Inc. Next Financial Group does not provide tax advice. The S&P 500 is a market cap weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies in leading industries of the U.S. economy. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price-weighted index of 30 actively traded blue-chip stocks. To make an appointment with Jim regarding your own finances, call 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.